Blessings, blessings, my friends. I am so glad you found us. Welcome to the second episode of the Angel on the Air podcast. I am your host, Angel, your encouragement coach and founder of Destined for Greatness. Hey, we've got a great episode for you today. Last time we talked about something that might be pretty spooky. This is October, death. Last episode, we talked about um, the first part of our series, and I entitled it, How to Put to Death the Fear of Death. You can finally live in peace, free of the bondage of fear of death and dying. Isn't that amazing? Yes, you can. Now, if you did not hear the very first episode of this podcast, in the series, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it because it does provide some vital information that you'll need in this battle. And we are warring against uh, this, this enemy of fear of death. And in preparation to defeat this enemy, last time I asked you to visualize yourself in combat. I'm going to do that again. Now, maybe you can visualize yourself as a soldier, or maybe you prefer like a martial artist. Whatever you choose, I want you to picture yourself ready to to defeat the opponent, your, your enemy. Now, picture your enemy, fear of death. Think about that. Death is not the enemy. Fear of it is. Jesus defeated death and the grave. And I am sure that by the end of this series, you will have a greater understanding of what all that means and have a peace that you have never felt before. So let's move on. Remember the last time I explained that fear is a spirit? It's a stronghold. It is not flesh and blood, but it doesn't make it any less real, right? Friends, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You cannot see air but you can feel its effects. You cannot see love, but we all experience and benefit from love. So fear does not have a physical form, but for our purposes, I am training you to fight the good fight of faith so you can envision this, that fear of death has a body, a full body, a head, a torso, legs and feet. You got it in your mind? Good. Now prepare to fight, to fight the good fight of faith. Second Corinthians 10, four through six says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have a divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments of every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. 
because this is not flesh, we have to use weapons that are not fleshly or carnal. Our weapons have a divine power and we are able to destroy strongholds. What did we say strongholds were or an example of what a stronghold is? Yes, fear. Now, your first move is to be on the offensive. Remember that our weapons, our weapons have power as divine power, not physical power, divine spiritual power. And our weapon is the word of God because it's living, it's powerful. And you are going to strike the enemy with a blinding blow to the head. Now the head represents the mind, thoughts, and the thought patterns. Fear, our enemy says, there is nothing after death, just a chasm of nothingness. Our fight verse for that is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep or dead. That's what, that's what asleep means in this um, particular context of scripture. It means dead. That you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive with the who are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Wow. We will always be with the Lord. Whether we die and go to our grave and then we are raised again to be with him in our spirit bodies or whether we're here alive when he comes back. Either way, Believers can be assured that we have a safe home with Jesus in heaven. Now fear, our enemy will say this, there is no heaven. There is no hell. Now why do you think that the fear of the enemy will make you think that or believe that? Because if they can have you think that there's no heaven or no hell, then it's okay to live any kind of way. You don't have any consequences for the way you live because they say, oh, you're dying. There's just nothing. Daniel 12, chapter 2 opposes this. Listen. And many of those who, who sleep or die in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So that debunks the idea 
or the belief in reincarnation. You don't um, get many, many chances in many different life forms. You live once, you die once, and then the judgment. Luke 16, 23 says, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. Hmm. So now we threw that punch, that first punch, a blow to the head, combating wrong information, lies from the enemy. We will follow it up with an uppercut to the head. This move is strategically designed to fight the unrenewed mindset, thoughts that lead to tormenting fears. You see, our enemy says you can earn your way to heaven. You can work your way your whole life and do good deeds, be a good person and make it to heaven. Or if there's no heaven, then at least you'll go to a good place after you die. But John eleven twenty five 25 does not say that. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of what? Works, so that no one may boast. Did you hear that? Wow. And John 5, 24 goes on to say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's amazing. What a deadly blow to the enemy we just administered through the power and truth of God's word. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Now we must address our defensive position. If you've ever been in combat or training, been in any type of martial arts, or anything, or even in a sports team, what you want to do is you want to have an offensive side, but you also want to defend yourself, right? It is not enough just to throw a power punch blows to the enemy's head. We must protect our own head as well, our mind. The defensive armor that God's word provides for us is the helmet of salvation. The apostle Paul provides clear direction with the precision and authority of a skilled commander. Listen to the words of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Simple, strong, to the point. Here the word of God instructs us to put on the whole armor of God. And to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As a soldier suited up for battle, 
The armor of the helmet is a primary piece of equipment that will protect the head, the brain. Now, remember, the brain is ultimately the command center for the rest of the body. You see, with the helmet, which is the mind of Christ, we can demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. So <laughs> how do we get the helmet of salvation? I'm so glad you asked. And we will discuss that next time on the broadcast. Yes, I hope you are on the edge of your seat waiting for the answer. I certainly can't wait to tell you the good news. In closing, I want to review with you these words from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 through 57 says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to tell you how to get the helmet of salvation and to um, explain more and more as we go through this series, how we're going to defeat the enemy, the fear of death. It's an amazing thing, journey that we're taking. And it's something that's going to transform your life, your mind forever. So stay tuned next time. I'm praying for you. Please subscribe to my page, like it, tell me what you're thinking, put some comments in, and I will see you soon. God bless you.